this is the Marketing Muscle Up Show, hosted by Richard Tutunji, where he gives you a peek behind the scenes into the conversations and strategies that can help you grow your fitness business and live the life you've always dreamed of. Welcome back to the Marketing Muscle Up Podcast Show. In today's episode, we are talking all about staff. We're talking about solutions, how to retain and gain amazing talent. And I've got Beck Millward and Beck is the brains and the mind and the muscle behind Lifestyles, Fitness Lifestyles International. So again, Beck is the mind and the muscle behind Fitness Lifestyle International with decades as a health and fitness professional and talent acquisition specialist. Beck's goal is to lift the level of health and fitness industry by identifying, creating more opportunities for us fitness professionals to have sustainable careers in helping people with their health, fitness, and wellness. I got back on the show because there is a, a demand of staff at the moment, and I want to ask her these questions. Welcome to the show, Beck. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Good to have you. Now, you've been in the fitness industry, I think, uh, as long as me forever, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I've seen you float in so many different roles, but it's all based around ensuring that you know this industry can be sustainable yeah. um, for people working in it. What's, what's sort of got you into this industry? Well, I think... And surely I was probably born into it, to be honest. Um, my family are not fitness professionals, but uh, avid uh, weekend warriors and enthusiasts uh, have been my whole life. So I grew up in gyms. I was the kid on the gym floor doing their homework before and after school. And while well, mum and dad did classes and trained and all that sort of stuff. And then went they went on all their um, members Christmas parties and ski trips and, and they just hung with that. that, wow. that that culture. It was that culture. So I was sort of born into that awesome gym vibe culture. Uh, and then obviously into high school and out of high school. So I started straight into the industry, um, uh, being an athletic kid myself. Uh, and it seemed like the natural progression and moved into what it was called back then fitness leader. I did my fitness leader straight well, fitness off back leader. high school yeah, in wow. 96, I think. Yep. And then, um, yeah, went on to do, uh, you know, freestyle aerobics and um, then did my Cert 3 and Cert 4 again back in 2005 and went into coaching and things from there. Um, mm. But, yeah, progressed across the industry, like you said, across a number of roles. Um, I've worked as a coach for about 15 years. I've worked in sports supplements. I've worked in sales um, I've worked for a number of the different models. Um, so, you know, everything from Orange Theory to um, HealthWise Global for Flight Center and um, uh, the CrossFit gyms and boxing gyms and all the different flavors, vision, personal training, um, you name it. I've, I've sort of uh, spent some time with the model and the people. So, yep. yeah, as you can sort of see over the uh, 26 years or odd of, of whatever I've been um, hanging around this industry, I've uh, acquired quite the network, um, which yeah. has sort of led me then into the recruitment pathway about six years ago. Totally. What a, what a, what a journey. And, uh, you know, recruitment now, um, you must be at the top of everybody's Rolex right now, trying to find amazing staff. Tell me, you know, straight off the bat, like how, how is this, uh, you know, how is recruitment and the fitness industry, how does it compare with other industries or are we just going through this and nobody else? Like how is, how does that can compare to, to other industries that are happening at the moment? Yeah, no, I think everyone's, everyone's feeling it. Yep. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of changes came with, I suppose, COVID in particular in the last couple of years where people really reassessed their lives and their lifestyles. And are, am I doing what I love? And um, you know, can I do this in another way? It's sort of, 
that time gave them space to sort of sit back and reassess their lives. And I think a lot of career changes and things like that have come off the back of that. So um, things have changed. The way we hire has changed. Everything has changed according to now what people really um, find that they need. And there's a lot more of a wellness component. There's a lot more of a balance mm. component. They want to do what they love. Um, all that sort of thing is coming into it. So we're seeing a lot of career changes and, and things like that at the moment. But it's, it's a big market shift. But it's yep. I don't think it's either good. Like it's not bad, not necessarily a bad thing. And everyone's like, we've got no staff, you know, everyone's leaving the industry in droves, you know, all that sort of stuff. And I think that just really pushes us to look internally at the model and go, well, okay, let's not do things the way we've always done them. There's a new um, a new requirement out there. People want different things. And I think it's a great move for, for humanity in general, for us all to be uh, feeling better and doing better and, and more passionate and enthusiastic about our work. It can only feed the the uh, business that they're in. So if we can facilitate that, bring it on. Mm, that's a great way to look at it. You know, if people are passionate about their life, they're going to be passionate about their job. So how, how do people, I guess the, one of my first questions is like, then you've been doing it a certain way and you've hired a certain way and whatever that was. And now the, the hiring process was a diff, is different now and it's hard to find amazing staff now. How, how does somebody, first of all, understand what we've actually gone through and, and, what should they be, I guess, ready for if they go out and try to find a new next amazing staff member or trainer? I think the narrative has changed. So even when we, we go right back to, okay, how do we first start to hire people? You, you know, you write your job ad, you might put it on Seek or mm -hmm. put a post on Facebook and things like that. And the way that those things were written back then is this is the job, this is the title, these are your responsibilities, these are the qualifications you need to have, here's yep. the salary, go. It's not like that. Um, we want to. We're speaking now more to a cultural piece. To a, we're speaking to them emotionally. What's going to drive their emotions and make them want to be a part of our brand and be enthusiastic mm. brand ambassador for what we do, especially in the fitness industry. We want to hire brand ambassadors who are enthusiastic about your service and your brand. That becomes a really authentic conversation then in sales and in service. So um, I think speaking to the culture of the business, um, the benefits and the, the wellness, um, I suppose, aspects is another piece of the, the puzzle, but the purpose behind the business. You want to, you um, I guess, attach yourself or, or become aligned with whatever their purpose or their why may be. They want to resonate with that. So speak to your why, speak to, you know, how you're changing the world, how you're inspiring change, all those sort of things. So you're attracting um, a very aligned um, person into your business. Wow. So in marketing, you know, we teach, you know, vision, mission, values, and, and having a mission and values around so people can see. But what you're saying is that, you know, that, that, that ideally was like, yep, that's going to be for our, um, our consumers that are coming in. But what you're saying is, you know, it's the same 100%. to the employees that you're trying to attract. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You want them to get excited about the, 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 the place that they're going to come into now has purpose and they have balance and basically what the, the new candidate is looking for. You yep. want to appeal to that side of things. So, I mean, we've all been through it in, the, in that whole COVID space when we yep. had our time at home and we reassessed our lives. Just 
you know, you're thinking about that. What what did you experience during that time? They're experiencing the same thing. So they want to know that they, there's a stability there. They want to know that they have a purpose in their, in their role. They can um, work towards their strengths and passions and they can grow personally and professionally. Mm. So there's not much of a divide anymore in between the personal and professional. You need to speak to both, um, not just the professional. Um, just to be a dice, um, sidestep a little bit uh, through COVID, I'd love to know kind of what you saw because I have a lot of people say, hey, I had a trainer, but now they're doing an online training and they're not wanting to come into the gym a bit more. And they're, they're saying, well, I don't want to do that many shifts. I want to do one day a week. Um, just quickly overall, what yeah. what did you see come out of that, especially people that may have been trainers or be fitness professionals and they're slightly adjusting what they do? Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% what I'm seeing as well um, and the conversations that I'm having. But um, like any business, those guys are in our business. They're also running business. So they're seeing the same things we're seeing. They had to diversify to survive as well. So now we all have to work together in partnership to you know, make it a win-win situation for everyone. So yes, those guys have diversified and they are doing their online thing probably successfully and, and things now. But what I am seeing now after they've done that um, yeah. they're starting to knock on the doors of the gym again saying right. there's no people I miss face to face I miss being part of a team wow. I miss, you know they're missing it they're wow. coming so it's a hundred percent a turnaround they've had their time it's been great they might keep that part of the yep. service and we yep. also want to support them in doing that so yes. um, support them in, in in continuing on with their online stuff as well but they they really do need the people they want to be in front of their clients they want to be in front of their um their their people and and teams and be surrounded by teams as well we we're just a community people focused industry that yeah. it's it's the cycle it's it's got to happen yeah so the summer holidays kind of just finish a little bit but they still want to have yeah. more flexibility than they had before yeah and i encourage people to to work out how to support that within mm. their business because um that's how you're going to retain them you talk about becoming a employer of choice. Um, uh, that's probably, you know, you, you mentioned a few things there, making sure that you're working with the person and so forth. How do you kind of like, is there a tick box to say, hey, I'm an employer of choice now? Do we get a badge when we're an employer of a choice? Because I want to be an employer of choice. How do you become an employer of choice? Yeah, there's a number of awards you can enter and, and get that sticker if you want it. Um, but I think it's it's an attraction piece. It's your employer brand. Um, it's your um, employer value proposition. It's those things. So delivering on the promise that you're putting out there to the world about your brand and, and about what it's like to work for you. So not just the spiel that you make at the mm -hmm. beginning when they're coming on board, but being able to follow through on that promise um, the entire time while they're working with you. So um, I think it's it's a lot of things and it's all the little things as well that, that make you an, an exceptional brand or an exceptional business in, in this space. Um, so there's a lot of tiny things um, that, that get skipped and especially when this, this uh, hiring role is put on top of someone else's job, like the general manager or the CEO, and they're doing the hiring on top of their day-to-day -day and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. The little things that make that difference, make people want to stay, get missed, like the professional development and training. Are you really, is that structured? Is it really being delivered in a, in a purposeful manner where they can actually progress and grow and move through stages in their career? Um, you know, are they, uh, is, is the culture, cultural piece there what you promised, you know? Is it diverse? Is it inclusive? Are you doing things with your staff outside of um, just the professional growth? Are you really talking to them about 
you know, what's going on in your life? How are you, how are you feeling? Are you included? Do you, you know, do you feel like you belong? And are, are you thriving? Are we working with your strengths? So knowing all those things about your people, and that just comes from talking to them on a regular mm. basis and not structured talking, but not just, structured talking, okay. just being human and, you know, being, reaching out and, and, um, you know, speaking to your staff, having a random coffee here and there, things that aren't mm. structured, I well, think really make them, um, you know, feel uh, like, like you really care. Well, that's what I was going to ask because, you know, I've employed heaps of people personally through my period and um, our our community employees. And I find a lot of the time when I employ, like, yes, you can say, yep, we do reviews and we'll have catch up and we do them. But sometimes the structure is like, oh, have I missed the three month mark? Was it four months? You know, was it turned into six months? Is that a common thing? Or what you're saying is should we market in the diary and have those random conversations as well? Yeah, do both, definitely, because there's people that are going to respond differently to um, to all of those things. So you're working with a number of a variety of personalities, right, as mm. well. So some people are really going to benefit from the personalised uh, and, and just the social, the more social side of chatting. Others are going to respond well to performance-driven um, uh, protocols and, and processes and things like that. So, yeah, you're speaking to a number of different behaviours and, and things like that. So you need to have um, a whole bunch of um, different avenues or different channels, I suppose, that are supporting all of their elements. Amazing. Now I know what, like, what, what you do. You, you know, you do the full process for somebody who doesn't have the time and doesn't have the resources to kind of do this. But what happened those people that just want to try it themselves and they've done the old CCAD or they've done the Indeed or put a bit of fillers yeah. out? T- can you tell us a bit of a roadmap of what to do if we're going to do it ourselves? Yeah, absolutely. So I would. Definitely start with, I mean, if you are going to use, and I, I have to admit, I don't use Seek at, at all, really. Um, Great tip there. <laughs> I know, right? So um, it, depending on the level of the role, you need to go to where your audience lives. So, you know, that might be Instagram, it might be social media, um, Facebook, uh, it could be LinkedIn for the higher level roles and the executive roles and things like that. But really know your markets and where they live. It might be your RTOs and your relationships there with mm. your career partners and things like that. Your community, your members are a great uh, source of, um, of staffing as well. If you can take them through the full pipeline of, um, of, you know, converting them into fit pros and things like that. But they're usually my, what some of your most enthusiastic ambassadors. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things you can do, but I think refining, uh, taking what you have and working with that, but refining it. So tweaking those ads, like I said, to change the language, change change the narrative, um, make it more about your uniqueness and your why, um, and really speak to your ideal candidate. Um, that one person that you really want to bring into this role, make that ad all about them um, and not so much about the robotics or the um, the technical operational side of the role, um, make it more about, uh, you know, fulfilling their, their dreams and their why. So how are you going to facilitate them in personal and professional growth? You want to excite them about the brand. Um, and then, uh, yeah, obviously, like I said, go to where they live, go on the audience, uh, go, go to all the sites where your um, audiences might live. So if it's for uh, personal trainers or uh, group fitness instructors, it's going to be different spaces. I find right. that um, for PTs and groupies, uh, usually they live on social media. They like to hang out in those social media groups and, and things like that. They're very active in watching each other and each other and, and influencers and things like that in those spaces. Yep. So if you can become a part of that if you're really great with your marketing and, and um, you know your campaigns and things like that online now you'll do a really great job in in drawing them in there 
Um, also, your um, any sort of influence people in the business or, or maybe your specialists within the business and their brand exposure is really important as well. So the referrals that are going to come in from your staff are always really important. So you want to be treating your staff really well so that they're authentically speaking about you out there in the industry um, with this great advocacy that's going to draw in um, some, some, some leads for you there as well. Um, so, yeah, it depends on how proactive versus reactive you can be. Um, I'm a big fan, obviously, of nurturing those, those talent pools all of the time. So yeah. always be hiring. And when I say always be hiring, um, I don't mean you have to bring people into the business all the time, even when you're not ready, but you do, you do need to nurture the talent pools that you have. And this is where it gets really time consuming for people and yeah. sort of why they go external or reach out um, because we can nurture those, those talent pools over a number of years. And I've seen people come through entire career processes from, you know, other industries through the, doing their training and certifications, then into roles and then changing roles and growing into management and club management. Um, I've seen the whole journey. So, yeah, keeping in touch with people all of those times. Um, so massive um, on the, the touch points, um, even when you're not uh, actively hiring is really important as well. Yeah, wow. So what you're saying is, you know, scrap the CCADs and really put the time and energy in the communities that they're in. Um, yeah. And would that include, sorry, for example, on Facebook, would you have to put a paid ad or you're saying just go organically in the groups they're hanging out? Yeah, organically. There's so many groups. I think I utilize maybe, I don't know, 12 or 15 different groups, you know, everything from dance studios to circus schools to high schools, um, you know, different programs. Uh, then you've got all your um, personal training uh, groups, you've got your group fitness groups, and then even broken down into just yoga, just Pilates, just, you know, so you mm -hmm. can be very specific on who you're talking to and speak very specifically to what those people like about what they do. So, you know, for a, for a former Pilates instructor, for example, um, you know, you want to be speaking about how great your equipment is, what type of equipment you've got. These are all the questions that they have. They love the beautiful spaces and um, certain mm. size rooms. And then within those within that as well, they all have different styles, you know, they might not, um, you know, talk about, uh, you know, in, in yoga and things like that, they have quite a clinical style versus, and same mm. as parties, a clinical style versus a more fitness style that we have in some of our gyms and things like that. So depending on what you want, you can get very specific, um, but it is incredibly time consuming. I'm not going to lie. Yep. There is a very manual process and to be really good at it, you have to be personalized. So that stuff, you, you really can't automate it. Like everyone's looking to automate processes these days. I think recruitment is one of those things that you really, you, you can automate it to a degree, but ultimately it's, it's the personalized service. It has to be manual. Yeah. Well, that's a really great, um, I think, lesson there. And, you know, you, I look back and some of the staff that I've hired over the years and it's funny, it's actually, they're all come kind of internal or kind of people knowing from knowing and yeah. And then you put a job out and that person actually been following you. So um, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. What about um, your, your top talent come from? They're the people that are going to stay with you because mm. they really understand you, your purpose, your vibe, where you're going. Um, and they want to be a part of that. Um, they want to be a part of that growth. So that's, that's the ultimate. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think um, otherwise the other alternative here is it's, it takes months to get someone trained up one within that understand what your business is. And even mm -hmm. if they knew the industry, 
it's a whole um it's a whole array of trying to That's get that the other part of going. it too you've got to have those multiple uh, pipelines going on at all times you know you might be training someone you might bring in someone with experience you might um you know be be training up all different uh, avenues of people or levels of of people throughout the business at any time so um you're not just relying on uh, you know, green or rookie trainers at the time, but you've got these multiple levels within those roles as well. And that's something really great to speak to, I suppose, in these smaller boutique businesses that may yeah. not have the, the capacity to uh, provide a really long career pathway, but then you can break it down into their roles and provide mini career pathways within their roles. So level one, level two, level three structures, for example, um, you can do that to progress, um, you know, within a, a smaller environment or a smaller organizational structure. Wow. And just so there's, there's a bit of understanding of how important this is, uh, I might ask you a couple of questions. I'd love to know, like, how long it actually takes from your experience to train somebody up or how much does that cost to train somebody up, um, you know, when they get onboarding? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it depends on the business and the business's um, uh, structure, I suppose. But, you know, uh, there's and the role and when what it would take there as well so if we're talking about say training up a personal trainer for example you might put them through an onboarding process of you know mm. eight to ten weeks uh then they might go into sort of well they're still in probation at that point as well so they're going through training and development if they're a brand new trainer versus someone who's coming in with experience that's going to look different as well um, and you've got to think about um what your structured training programs and delivery looks like your onboarding um sorry your induction process is going to take, I don't know, three days to a week, perhaps, mm. depending on the business. Um, it, that might be full-time hours there. So you might have to pay them for their onboarding. You're going to pay your staff for training them during that onboarding as well. You've got, um, you know, uh, books and PDFs and, and training manuals that need to be created. You've got um, maybe online or virtual uh, platforms where they have to do onboarding and training there as well. So they all have to be built. These systems, uh, you know, can cost anywhere from 6,000 a year plus in licensing plus the build. So it's, it seems a lot already. I'm already, I'm already exhausted. Yeah, already exactly. Background before you actually is. hit the ground for sure. Is. I do like the concept of just, you know, hiring from within it must speed that, uh, you know, speed that up quite a lot. If you have um, a, a dedicated learning and development department as well, like that's, I mean, when you get to the biz, a business of a size that can support that structure, yep. you know, then you've got a whole department dedicated to learning and development from beginning all the way through their, their roles with you. So, um, you know, it's, but in saying that it's an incredible investment uh, that's probably going to save you money on the back end and turnover. And, you know, we're talking about companies that have 92% retention rate that have these systems and processes nailed. Wow. So yeah, it makes a big difference. I'd love to know about um, people that are coming into the fitness industry. Um, people that may be new in the industry after COVID, they go, hey, that's a really cool industry. I want to be part of that. Um, is that a big thing that's going on? And where are these guys coming from if, if it is? Yeah, definitely. And they're coming from everywhere. Uh, you, you name it. Um, I think there was a big uh, shift there in hospitality as well, yep. and, which is great, I think, because hospital. and I've worked in both uh, industries, hospitality are people, people as well, right? They have the customer service experience. They know how to speak to people. They know how to form relationships and they have excellent service standards. Yep. So training a hospo into fitness is, um, is great. And I'd love 
love to do a massive campaign to bring over all the unhappy <laughs> hospitality people into fitness right now. So that's that's an angle, um, you know, and then we've got your corporates as well who are seriously burnt out and have probably been doing yoga on the side for many, many mm. years. So I think I've got literally a list of hundreds of um, of yoga instructors who've done their two hour, 200 hour yoga training and are ready to start in the industry and and um, all become yoga instructors. But I think every second person has a yoga instructor um, wow. certification these days. So that's big. Um, they love the Pilates. A lot of people getting uh, retrained in Pilates yeah. now too. So people who have fallen in love with fitness and they have Got done it. it as a passion in their lives for so long. A lot of sporting people as well. We're getting a lot of people come in from, from the football um, industry and um, and and ex-sporting um, people who now can't travel for their sport or are looking for something to do now they've retired in their sport, professional sport. So we've got a lot of those guys coming as well. So a lot of different skill sets from a lot of different industries, but um, we've had incredible success um, bringing people across from, from other industries who bring not only... Um, you know, a, a transferable skill set and a real passion for the fitness industry, but a whole new perspective as well. I mean, they, mm. they they've been in another industry; they think differently. They can bring new ideas. Yeah, able as well. It's incredibly valuable. So, um, definitely don't um, overlook uh, people who are career changers. They can be incredibly valuable. I love hiring hiring baristas. Um, yeah, they remember your name. They're always person where they go do two things at once. And they bring you the best coffee. And they can bring you the best coffee. I always look for baristas on their uh, on their resume, and they're like a hundred percent to the top of the top of the list. Right, right, right. So interesting. Um, all right. So, so what we've what we've kind of understood here is that things are changing. We've got to be very culturally driven. Yep. Hire up everywhere. Don't just go to seek. You've got to put a bit more work into it this day and age. Yeah. And how to do that? Um, I've got one or two more questions. My other question is like the what do people like the fitness industry has always been like you know contracting and um, a few hours here a few hours there i've heard that people want a bit more stability you know what what would be the best way to attract them should i, should I put them on a uh, a poyg should i put them on an employee should i have a contractor what, what would your advice be here to a studio owner per se like an independent or a franchise studio owner yeah and i think that comes down to the individual as well like um you know, you can put whatever you want on the ad, but I think speaking yeah. to uh, the person that you're interviewing and finding out what their personal needs are. And if you can be flexible enough to provide a, a, a package or a um, an employment situation that suits their needs, like I've had people come that, and yes, they do want stability and they want uh, security and things like that, especially when they're just starting out, um, you know, as level ones or things like that. But um, they they're often doing other things as well. So if, if you're, if they're wanting a permanent part-time position or if they're wanting a casually employed position, um, you can do that. Or if they want to go, if you've got an experienced person who wants to go straight under contract, maybe they, you know, they've done, been doing that for a while and they're comfortable contracting. They might want to go into that and might suit their needs better. Um, so I think having the ability to be flexible around each conversation uh, and not just having them have to fit a box um, will really help you as well if you can if you can be flexible in the package and and the the offering there. Yeah, amazing. Well, super interesting conversation. I really appreciate your time on this, mm, um, and I look forward to the fitness industry. You know, changing tones a little bit. It sounds like there's a lot of adjustment in the air and it's exciting. Like everything it it it, it re reforms now. Before you go, I'd love to know uh, a little bit about what you do. I think um, you put a huge 
part of um, make it easy for somebody to hire. Um, mm-hmm. Can you just quickly take us through what you do and the best way to get in contact with with yourself if if they say, hey, just just uh, I hear what you're saying, Beck, but uh, just do it, do it for me, where? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, look, I work with uh, a lot of the boutiques and and super boutiques that don't uh, have a dedicated hiring department within within their businesses. Mm. So, uh, you know, the businesses that are loading their staff or um, management teams, group fitness instructors, group fitness managers or CEOs up with the hiring task, I basically alleviate that task from them so they can get on with their day to day. So uh, anywhere with that doesn't have that um, uh, dedicated pool of people that they're looking for all the time. Um, so I can do everything from um, nurturing a talent pool. So you can put your hand up and say, I need a group fitness instructor for this time or CEO down the track or whatever. We can work proactively towards that instead of you guys being reactive um, within the business and going, oh my God, someone left. We need a PT yesterday or we need a group fitness instructor yesterday. We've got the structures in place and they're turning over always in the background here uh, to be able to reach out and do that. So anything from, um, you know, uh, full-time roles all the way through to contractors and anything up to CEO level, um, we facilitate and on a national or global basis. So our pools are um, national, but also into the international market now as well as a lot of these brands are, are global. So yeah, um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is a great way to get in contact with me. Um, uh, I'm very easy to find on uh, all the social media as well. You probably see my posts spread across the <laughs> all the all the groups that you hang out in. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty easy to find on all those media platforms. Fantastic. We'll put the links there in the show notes. And uh, yeah, really appreciate you coming on and helping us to find uh, amazing talent in uh, in this period. No worries. Happy to have a chat to anyone who has any questions. Thanks, Beck. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode of the Marketing Muscle Up podcast show, uh, be sure to subscribe. And um, if you're needing help in your marketing, just hit the links below and book in for your Marketing Muscle Up. Catch you next time, guys. 